Hi, this is Dr. Meg Hayworth, holistic psychologist and nutrition strategist, and you're listening to Get Well Soon podcast series, the show that explores how to heal yourself with food and the power of the mind. Hi, everybody. Dr. Meg Hayworth here, founder of the Get Well Now Wellness Coaching Programs, celebrity chef, author, and speaker. Thank you so much for listening to this show. And please just take a moment to comment here on iTunes about our show, and please share this with anyone that you think may benefit from this conversation. And there are a ton of other great shows for health and wellness with thought leaders like J.J. Virgin on traumatic brain injuries, Chris Wark on what everyone needs to know about cancer, uh, Win Claybaugh on the healing power of being nice and a ton more of shows that will help you get well. Um, today's show, uh, I'm really excited about our conversation here. Um, it's about how your environment can make you sick um, and your body products specifically with Dr. Anne-Marie Fine, who is a practicing physician, award-winning researcher, number one international best-selling author, and highly sought-after national and international speaker based in Newport Beach, California. In addition to her private practice, Dr. Fine is the founder and CEO of Fine Natural Products, LLC, a company dedicated to formulating non-toxic, anti-aging beauty products. She currently serves as the Director of Education for the Naturopathic Academy of Environmental Medicine, as well she is a science advisor for the nonprofit organization MadeSafe.org. Her unique expertise in environmental medicine and skincare products formulation has enabled her to combine epigenetics and environmental medicine to permit genes to express their quintessential beauty quotient. Oh, I like that. Um, Dr. Fine's passion is to formulate elegant, eco-conscious, anti-aging skincare products that are pure and highly effective. Her products, books, articles, and lecture topics represent her lifelong commitment to unlocking both the secret the secrets and the science of aging beautifully. So see more about her. Um, we'll talk about her website later on in, in the talk. Um, but welcome to the show, Dr. Fine. Well, thank you so much for having me here. Yeah, it's, it's great that to have this conversation. Um, I talk about this um, with my communities that there are so many toxins in our body products, and I know you could answer to what they are and how they're affecting our bodies. Um, and it's it's uh, an area that, that not that many people are talking about and not that many are taking that seriously. So um, can you tell us why it's important for women to be careful with their personal care products um, and products found in the home? Yeah, I, I will. It's actually the, the way I got started in even delving deeper into the subject matter was that I noticed like 10 years ago that the women in my practice were just getting more and more autoimmune disease and chronic fatigue and mm -hmm. just having difficult cancer, having a difficult time really getting through their their days. And they weren't, these women were not old old women. I mean, they were regular moms and, and mm -hmm. they had families to raise and they had careers and everyone was just getting so ill. And I thought to myself, what is happening to our women in our society? Well, yeah. there's a lot to the women in our society, and one of them is the untoward stress that everyone carries around with them, but mm -hmm. uh, the aspect that I want to talk about that I really 
um, dive deep into was their use of personal care products because women use more than men or babies or children. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. I mean, if you think about just the numbers of things you have sitting in your medicine cabinet, the makeup, all the different products that you use on your face every day. Yeah, right. starting in your shower, your shower gel, your shampoo, your conditioner, you mm-hmm. know, your shaving gel, and then your body lotion. I mean, even getting ready for your makeup, then you've got skincare products to put on your face and cleansers. And mm-hmm. so I started looking at this and discovered that the average woman puts on 126 different ingredients every day before even having breakfast. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, let's see, are all those ingredients tested like everyone believes they are? No, they're not. Yeah. That's one of the problems. We have we have 80,000 chemicals in our environment right now, and only a very, very small fraction of them have been tested. Yeah. And so we are we're kind of seeing now the effects of being too um, loose in our regulations regarding having new chemicals added into our environment and one of the one of the ways we see this is in personal care products because it's not it's not a industry that's very tightly regulated at all mm-hmm. yeah. basically you bring up a product to market and there's no testing or market oversight or anything you just come up with a product and you put it together you put it in a bottle you slap a label on it and start selling it Right. And well, I, my understanding is that they have to submit information to the the FDA. However, they can sort of skew it, skew their their results or their testing results kind of however they want to spin it, um, which is scary to me. And the other thing I read recently, too, is that there hasn't been any laws made around uh, body products or body care products um, uh, since 1938, something? Yeah, that was when the current regulations came into vogue was around then. Mm-hmm. And I think we're, there is some talk about revamping the beauty regulations or the personal care product regulations. And so that's in the works. Yeah. So we, well, we, we have seen a, a groundswell of information and interest in this, mainly from consumers, but also some doctors and scientists who are starting to look a little bit more deeply and with more concern about these products. So I think we're going to be able to see some changes. But one thing I want to point out is that the European standards are tighter. Yes. And so our, the one thing that I was astonished to learn was that some of the global makers of personal care environments, they actually they make two different kinds of a certain substance, and the, the better, cleaner product is sold in Europe because it meets their high expectations. Mm-hmm. And for the American women who don't care, they make the cheaper product with um, the ingredients yeah. of and it's kind of, it's not really that the American women don't care. It's more like our populations don't really specify that we've got to be as um, hard-nosed yeah. about certain things as the European ones. So there's kind of the double standard going. Yeah, absolutely. It's, well, it's that we don't know that we need to care. We think, yeah. we yeah. blindly think that the FDA is taking care of us, and they really aren't. I mean, when it comes to food, when it comes to body products, it's... Unfortunately, the bottom line is bottom line profit first, and it's really frightening. 
And in the food in the food industry, it is even crazy what's going on with with food and the adulterated products. And um, well, it's the same situation with the personal care products. And so, really, it behooves us as women to figure out what what pro- what ingredients are problematic and what to do about it, and how to choose cleaner, safer products for ourselves, for our cleaning products in our home, for our food, for our water, because we're really, we really need to protect the health of ourselves and our families. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, that's something that you like to talk about in your work as well, is the um, toxins and why they're more harmful for babies, children, and adolescents. Can, right. you, talk, can you talk about that? Yes, it's, um, well, I, I, I study the research in this area, and, and the evidence just continues to mount that certain ingredients that we are exposed to daily in our quest to uphold certain standards of hygiene, cleanliness, and beauty mm-hmm. are really damaging to um, fetuses, babies, children, mm-hmm. and adults. And they can do this in several different ways. They can do it in a direct or a cumulative toxic effect. Mm-hmm. They do it in a way where you are hitting a fetus at a critical and vulnerable window of development, wow. like when the you know when the um, you know the reproductive organs are developing, the brain is developing, uh-huh. and then that that baby you may not see the effects of that until later in life. That's called the um, developmental origins of health and disease when a baby is subjected to some sort of assault, um, you know, chemical or environmental assault. Uh-huh. And then you don't see it till later. Or you can get epigenetic effects, which is a way which your environment kind of turns on and turns off certain genes, and that can be... Uh, put down through multiple generations through the germline. So there's a variety of ways that things can act in, in, um, in the testing that's been done so far um, with personal care products. It hasn't really been, that kind of testing hasn't been done. For example, uh-huh. it used to be we thought the placenta would, would protect the baby from the environment, right? Uh-huh. Well, um, they started testing baby cord blood when the babies were just born, and they find flame retardants, heavy metals. Oh, my gosh. They're finding BPA, which I'm going to talk about a little bit more. They're finding phthalates, which I'm going to talk about. Those And triclosan, those three are from personal care products. Uh-huh. So it turns out the babies aren't protected in the womb. I mean, they're not even in the environment yet. and They're in mom, which was supposed to be a safe place. Yeah. And and, not. and then we're finding mom's um, breast milk is full of toxins. Ugh, and, yeah, you know, and so really, from from the day one of a baby's life, there's uh, an environmental exposure to certain mm-hmm. toxins, and it's just growing because we're just using so many more chemicals in our environment. Yeah. Oh, gosh, there's so many. So can you tell, talk a little bit about um, BPA, phthalates, and triclosan, yeah. those three that yeah. you just brought up, or I think are really important um, because people are so unaware of what those are doing to our bodies and how many products those things are in. No. I want to start with BPA, bisphenol A. Mm-hmm. That's, a really, that's a really important one to talk about. It's a good example of what's you know what we need to think about for our products. So 
BPA was, um, when it came about, it was originally intended to be, uh, a, excuse me, a synthetic estrogen. Mm. And so, oh, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. So the, uh, the scientist who was creating it was testing it, and he, he had to abandon it because it just wasn't that strong of an estrogen. So then, you know, he went on to develop diethylstilbestrol, DES, and uh. you know you know what that did? My, yeah, my mom took it to keep from oh. miscarrying me, and so I'm a high cancer risk as a result. Wow. So yes, I'm very careful about my environment, and people are like, "You're so fearful." I'm like, "No, I'm just being careful and taking care of myself." Yeah. <laughs> so. so you know, once you know the origins that it was meant to be an estrogenic product, well, they decided to use it. They found out you could use it in the manufacture of plastics and hard polycarbonate plastics. And so BPA is actually considered a high-use, high-throughput chemical with tons being manufactured and used every year. And it's found not only in um, polycarbonate and water bottles and um, food packaging, but it's found in those darn thermal receipts that you get everywhere. You probably get six of them a day from the gas station, the grocery store, Starbucks. I mean, everyone just wants to hand you that receipt. And when you touch it, you are transferring BPA to your body, and it's been tested in studies. It does dermally get into your body just from touching a receipt for a few seconds. Wow. So um, it's in cans. So canned food has BPA in it, and it's just... It's pretty rife in the environment. So the CDC actually biomonitors people, believe it or not, and they've been doing it for a number of years. Uh-huh. And they, they see how many chemicals people have in their body. And so they have you know, thousands of people they do this on, and they add chemicals. Every time they do this, they add a few more chemicals. I think we're up to almost 300 chemicals. And in the last time I looked, it was like, I think there was 260. Seven chemicals they tested that they found, but listen to this: a hundred and eight of them were in everybody. Oh, so wow. that's a lot of different things that we're carrying around. So the and the BPA was discovered to be in ninety three percent of the Americans tested. Wow. So, yeah, that's a pretty big number because yep. the one thing that people keep saying about BPA is, oh, it has a short half life. You know, you do mm-hmm. get it in your body, but then you metabolize it. And it comes <laughs> but if you're you're consuming it every single day yeah. and your bottled water products, it's yeah. in your water you're drinking that's supposed to be helping to nourish your body and release toxins, but it's putting it in. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, and I didn't even know about the receipts. I mean, that's, oh, yeah. that's oh, yeah. incredible. And it's in your money supply now and um, wow. in paper products, like recycled paper products. So the problem with BPA oh, wow. is, like you were saying, the exposure is so ubiquitous that even though it, it supposedly breaks down quickly, you're putting it in faster than it's coming out. So that's why 93% of people have it in it. And while it's in you, mm-hmm. it's doing some things. It's an endocrine disruptor. It's been associated with cancer. It's a reproductive mm-hmm. toxin. It um, messes with your thyroid hormone. It um, messes with your testosterone it lowers your testosterone it's it's wow. a lot of different effects but mm-hmm. more recently the the newer studies on BPA are starting to um, 
look at it more carefully for its autoimmune triggering effect. Oh, okay. And autoimmune diseases are skyrocketing. So on the rise. So on the rise. And so I just recently did a a talk to environmental medicine doctors in Portland, Oregon, and one of the a couple of the slides I showed were the was a graphic of how what's the mechanism of action for BPA triggering autoimmune disease and what it does in the body, and it's really quite it's quite complex and involved. It's it's something that you really it's one of the ones you really want to make sure that you get you know, out of your life, because if you can get rid of it out of your life and really know that you're not re-exposing yourself, mm-hmm. then, you know, for the most part, it will come out of your body quickly. And they've shown that in studies, too. Okay. Well, what yeah. are some things that listeners can do to get BPA out of their okay. worlds and bodies well, now? You cannot drink out of plastic. Mm-hmm. And it, unless you're traveling on an airplane somewhere, and then you have to drink out of plastic, otherwise you'll just dehydrate. Mm-hmm. So you do have to, um, in the airport, you have to do that. But in general, you want to use glass or stainless steel for your drinking. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very important, but it's very easy to get the glass bottles now. Sometimes they come with like a silicone sleeve over it, so they're not so breakable. Yeah, I've got one of those. Those are great. Um, yeah. And then, like, you can bring a stainless steel water bottle with you when you go traveling. Just bring an empty, mm-hmm. and then uh, use the filtered water at one of the soda stream places yeah. in the airport. You can yeah. do stuff like yeah. that. I just heard a woman. I just got a great tip. I don't remember who the woman was who gave this tip, but she basically said she brings stainless steel to the airport mm-hmm. and then she'll go up to one of the coffee stands and she has her, um, she'll either buy tea or bring her own and use their hot water, which mm-hmm. is generally filtered, and put it in her stainless steel bottle and then, you know, she's good to go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that was good. And then when you get, when you are someplace where they hand, you know, do you, would you like your receipt? The answer is no. I mean, unless you're buying something expensive that you think you might need to exchange, like an appliance or clothing or something, then you can keep it and, you know, put it in your purse. But in general, when you buy a $2 cup of tea or something, you don't need your receipt. You you paid Mm -hmm. for it. You got your tea. You're done. The transaction is over, right? Yeah. I mean, if you have your own business, you're supposed to keep your receipts. However, everything is, is, if you're using a debit card, everything's... On there, recorded in on your bank statement, so you probably don't really need it. Oh, you don't need it. You don't need it. And then, um, so just say you don't want your receipt, and if you do need your receipt, you can say just put it in the bag, and then they're putting it in the bag. You just Mm. leave the bottom of the bag, put your bag in your closet, and should you need to return it, it's there for you. Uh, Okay, that's great. you don't have to touch it when you when you go to the bank. They're gonna now when you make a deposit, you do want that receipt. That's your only proof that you made a deposit. Yeah. <laughs> so. And um, and so you do want that, but have them put it in an envelope or something so that you don't have to touch it. Um, so yeah. receipts are a huge amount. And then in your food storage, you have to go to you know a big box store or order it on the internet. But there's all kinds of glass storage containers with lids now mm-hmm. and yeah. so you have to store your food in glass yeah and it's kind of um it's 
it's really, really important because food storage is a huge source of BPA, especially if you eat your food in your plastic storage thing in the microwave. That's oh, the God, worst. that's the worst. Oh, you, just, you might as well. You're just eating poison at that point. Um, and then there's studies that show that the microwave's killing the nutrition in the food. Yeah. So there's that on top of it. But um, you addressed earlier the uh, canned foods. Now, I know um, a lot of, uh, of places, like you can find, I think all of the stuff at Whole Foods, last I knew, was supposed to be BPA-free can linings. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I know that particularly tomatoes, anything acidic is the worst because it pulls the BPA out of the can lining. Um, so always get organic, BPA-free canned tomatoes if you're going to do that. Is, is, is that fairly accurate information? No, and that's oh. another point that I, I talk about when I talk to the doctors is that BPA-free is not a legitimate claim because what they're using is BPS, BPF. They're using other chemicals in the bisphenol family instead of BPA. And when they studied those, they're the same estrogenic or they're more estrogenic. And so it's a marketing gimmick. It makes me crazy. Oh, wow. And marketing gimmicks out there. So BPA-free is not a legitimate claim. And so I would say for tomatoes and things, I would say buy your tomatoes or buy the sauce in a glass jar. Just mm. don't buy it's hard for tomatoes, I know, but um, you know, you just gotta you gotta switch over to glass or not do anything that comes in a can, which is really hard when it comes to beans because it's so so much easier to use a, a canned beans instead of buying the beans, rinsing them, soaking them. Yeah, exactly. It's so true. It's um, you know, it's so it there's there's uh, sacrifices to be made, but it's like the canned foods and, and the fat um, pulls out the BPA too. So oh, wow. okay. your, canned, your canned coconut cream that is such a popular item right now for recipes yep. can be really high in BPA. So BPA-free is not, they didn't properly vet the substitute. I've got a name for it. I call it the case of regrettable substitutions. <laughs> Gosh. So, so the, yeah, yeah. So, but when you do all of that, um, when you do all of those steps, that's really helpful in um, decreasing your exposure okay. to it. Okay. Wow. Okay. That that's some. It's a big piece of information. Um, I know. Yeah. So okay. So we covered BPA. Then there's um, triclosan. Well, triclosan was first registered as a as a pesticide. It's an antimicrobial agent. Mm. So it's like washing your hands with pesticides. So yeah, it's going to kill the bacteria on your hands because it's you know it's a biocide is really the more technical. Now, triclosan isn't that the thing that's going to be in any soap that says it's antibacterial? Yeah. Which I refuse to use. I've always yeah. refused to use those, and I didn't know why. My intuition just kind of said, that doesn't seem right to me. <laughs> you have really good intuition. And you know what's really weird is I have good intuition, too. And so even before I even knew what triclosan was, mm-hmm. I just avoided those things. I just thought there's something off with that. Yeah. And, um, and so I never bought it either. But it's so interesting because the FDA did do some studies Fairly recently, um, because triclosan was being called into question, and what they discovered, this was kind of mind-blowing to me too, what they discovered, and this is the FDA, that 
hand washing with plain old soap and water mm-hmm. is just as good as antimicrobial soap. There's no mm. benefit from putting that into your soap. Yeah, another marketing so An entire toy. marketing industry sprang up around antimicrobial um, soaps. And it wasn't necessary. Plain old soap and water is just as good. And so I tell people, you know, the, you know, there's some people that carry around hand sanitizer. I know. <laughs> and I'm always, no, thank you. <laughs> well, I don't do those. I've never done them. Me and, neither. Uh, you know what's funny? Oh, this is so funny. There was a study, um, and I don't know how they came up with this idea because it's very clever, mm-hmm. but they wanted to look at BPA absorption through the skin. Mm-hmm. So they looked at it, you know, plain old touching a receipt. Yeah, it goes in the skin. And then they had people um, rub their skin with, you know, the sanitizer and then touch the receipt. They, you absorb more BPA if you use hand sanitizer because it disturbs, you know, your wow. epidermal barrier function or, you know, it just it distorts the chemistry of your hand and you're actually absorbing more, <laughs> which I think is interesting. If you think right. about yeah. a lot of do hand sanitizer before you know they eat if you're at a fast food place and you just got your french fries and you're holding your um you know your receipt you just have oil makes it go in more oil Uh from things and having a wet hand and using hand sanitizer and so anyway so but here's the thing the fda did ban triclosan for use in antimicrobial soap so that um, is going to go into effect, but they didn't they didn't ban it in every product, and so you can still find it in toothpaste because it's felt to be good against like um, you know toothpaste. I know microbes. <laughs> oh it's still in toothpaste, and um, believe it or not, there's clothing and gym wear. Have you ever seen the no odor gym wear? Have you ever seen? No. They're putting triclosan in it. Oh, my gosh. You know what? I wondered, uh, for years, I wondered if things like Lycra Spandex or something um, was an issue because you see these major athletes, um, like was it Serena Williams and, of course, uh, Lance Armstrong, um, with cancer. And yeah. you would think they're super healthy. I'm sure they're, you know, they're probably also, we knew Lance was doing steroids, but um, also those protein powders that a lot of the athletes use that are just so much toxic load is in those and but i wondered if the clothing was if there was a link to that because they live in those clothes and i don't i don't know sweating in them and they're sweating in them and there is something okay that's different the lycra and stuff Mm -hmm. in there is more of a plastic issue and i haven't really looked into that but the odor preventing clothes they actually add they embed triclosan into the fabric but I forgot to say something about Awful. BPA that I wanted oh, to say, which is okay. it's an obesogen. It makes you fat. Yes. Okay. It's done studies where, um, you know, they're looking at heavier people versus non-heavy people, and there's more um, BPA in their bodies, and they've looked at yeah. BPA contributing to diabetes. And so, you know, the issue is so far-reaching because we talked about weight gain, we talked about autoimmune disease, reproductive toxin, endocrine yeah. disruptor, thyroid disruptor. I mean, it's just it's bad news. Yeah, and I think um, endocrine, endocrine disruptors, a lot of people don't necessarily know what that means, but it, it's disrupting your hormones like, right. like uh, um, 
uh, testosterone, testosterone or estrogen, or estrogen, thyroid, adrenals, and insulin. And insulin, yeah. which is the vehicle for making you fat and diabetic, is it messes with your insulin. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, that's that's really excellent information for people to know about. So, um, and and I know you know we're talking about what normal mainstream America everybody's using every single day, and they're probably like, oh my gosh, you know, everything's making us sick, everything's <laughs> going to kill us, blah, blah, blah. It's like, that's not the truth, because it's not everything. So you have a lot of alternatives for people um, to help them um, stay healthy, keep their bodies healthy, because um, you've got a makeup line, right, or a, not a, a body product line. I have a skincare, I just, I have a couple products in a non-toxic anti-aging skincare line that I I finally developed because I just didn't see, um, in the anti-aging part of skincare, it's even more, um, they put even more chemicals in it, if you could believe that. Wow. You know what I mean? It, yeah, it's even, they're even less clean than products for 20-year-olds. So that's, that's why I, I wanted to put together something that was non-toxic. You know, for these patients of mine with cancer and autoimmune disease and chronic disease, you don't want to give them anything that's going to add to their body burden and mm-hmm. and their disease. So I came up with it, and it's very, very effective, and I really am obsessive with my sourcing and how I put together my product. Like my youth serum is my anti-aging serum, and mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time in Europe learning how to formulate it. And in Europe, the women use oil-based Serums. They don't use creams like we do over here. So I, I went in that direction, and I, my primary, the main ingredient in my product is um, blueberry seed oil, and I use oh. cranberry seed oil, pomegranate seed, and it's they're like, all high in antioxidants. Really good. And I don't use any cheap fillers or jojoba or aloe, or not that those are. Those are not toxic ingredients. Well, actually, they can be. They can be, depending on their process. But my point is, I just wanted to um, stack the deck in favor of, since I'm putting it together, I wanted to make something that works. So I use really active ingredients that really um, change your face for the better in a short amount of time. So I did that, and they're, I, um, they're professionally available at doctor's offices and also my website. Oh, great. Okay. All right. And um, that website is? It's uh, DrAnnMarieFine.com. And doctor is D-R, not spelled out. D-R-A-N-N-E-M-A-R-I-E-F-I-N-E.com. Okay, great. That's good. Um, oh, the thing that we started to cover, we haven't covered yet, that I would love to hear about are um, phthalates. Oh, phthalates, yes. Phthalates are a huge family of substances, and they're both found in personal care products and also plastics. So, mm-hmm. you know, but more, um, not the hard polycarbonate plastic, the more flexible kind of plastic. And like your shower curtains got phthalates in them. And, oh, um, okay. And the problem with phthalates is they don't, um, they're not bonded covalently to, the, to your shower curtain, and so they just kind of come off in the air. And you're breathing it, and it's in your indoor air, and it's in your dust. And, you know, in personal care products, it's part of your scented products because 
it's a scent fixative. So it's the thing that lasts longer. Mm -hmm. So every single scented product you have, and the way that you know this is that on the label it's going to say fragrance, or in Europe it's going to say perfume. Mm -hmm. And that's a trademark secret that they don't have to say what's in it. It could be 10 ingredients, it could be 100 ingredients, and it's a combination of natural ingredients and synthetic ingredients, and you don't, you don't know what they are, but phthalates are in there, um, and you'll never know because it's you know, not on the label, and so you have to buy, to get rid of um, the phthalates, which are reproductive toxicants, endocrine disruptors, they also contribute to diabetes. Mm-hmm. Um, the way... The way the number, like one of the number one things I think the listeners can do is just get the scented products out of their lives, scented laundry detergent, scented um, dryer sheets, uh, cologne, perfume, um, scented body lotion, just get the scents out. Those plug-in air, air oh um, gosh. they're the worst. They're terrible for you, yeah. They, yeah, if you need to have a scent, you know, do pure essential oils in a diffuser. Yeah. Uh, pure essential oils are different because they're from actual plant materials. Mm-hmm. So, you, and and you know what it is because if it's oil of lavender, then it's lavender. Yeah, and, and it smells no like secret. lavender. There's no secret. There's no secret. It's yeah. fully transparent. So yeah, um, so getting rid of scents is a really awesome thing to do. And those hang, those things you get at the car wash to hang in your car, that's oh, yeah. those are terrible too. Yeah, or if they say, you know, would you like us to spray some new car smell in there? Say no. Yeah. <laughs> Let me bring that up because the new car smell is the smell of phthalates off-gassing in your new car. And oh, wow. they, they can make you really sick. I, I, um, mm. I actually had a patient who had chronic fatigue and... She had come to me, and she was so sick she couldn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. And I got her better by doing a lot of detox and things. And mm-hmm. she got um, so well that she, she was like a professor, and she, she got a job teaching again. And she was so excited and grateful. And then all of a sudden, like a month later, she came to my office. She goes, I don't know what happened. She goes, but I got sick again. Mm-hmm. And I was perplexed too. Uh-huh. But I was walking her out just to give us a little bit more time together mm-hmm. and I walked her out to the parking lot and she she said see my new car and <sighs> I parked right up I said oh, did you just buy a new car she said yes I got a job and the first thing I did was buy a new car I was like oh my gosh that's it the new car smell all those chemicals you're inhaling they're making you sick and I was like so excited to find the source but yeah. I mean it good for her because you know she already bought the car right right it takes a while for that to outgas and you can roll down the windows and and air the car out you know that'll help speed the process up it'll help but it still takes a good year or two wow amazing here's another tip for your listeners if you are chemically sensitive or you have any autoimmune or cancer or anything like that buy a used car just make sure that it's used and um, that's and that's what I always do. <laughs> that's what I do anyway. Again, yeah. intuitively, you know, I was thinking more line, along the lines of, you know, when you drive it off the lot, it depreciates so much. You know, mm-hmm. I, I was a CPA in my former career, so it always comes out. You know? oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So, uh, you know, I'm just like, if you get it, you know, a couple of years 
cold. You know, that's that's the way to do it. And then I found out the new car smell is just all the toxins off gassing, and I was like, yes, vindicated for a different reason. You know, exactly, exactly. So yeah, and actually, this um, the outgassing of toxins and plastics and things like that. I, I have a quick story I wanted to share too. I, um, you know, I've had um, fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome, and um, it, it's you know under control. I very careful about my environment and my food and all of that. Um, but I had bought a brand new computer and, uh, it was, a, it was a plastic one. This was several years ago, um, probably three or four years ago. And I had one of the worst flare ups of my life. I was 15 hours on the sofa sleeping. I could hardly get up. And cause I was I had the computer right next to me and mm-hmm. it was because it was downloading all the new stuff and, you know, right. just trying to get the whole thing. Well, anyway, I went to my um, Oriental medical doctor for herbs and help with that. I didn't know it was a computer at the time. And, and he said to me, he said, did you get anything new this <laughs> week? Any, 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 anything new? I'm like, oh, my computer. <laughs> and he's like, that's it. Yeah. And you wouldn't think, you know, and he said, no, well, put it, he said, put it out on your balcony and, I, and, or if you're, when you're using it, he said, sit on the balcony or somewhere where it's very well ventilated. So these are some tips for listeners yeah. to, you know, be aware that yes. if you're having a, a flare up that it, it could be, you know, a new pair of boots you just bought that are plastic. Mm-hmm. So be careful. And, yeah, be careful. And the computers off gas way more rapidly because they're smaller. So mm. that's, that's a good thing. Okay, and they're not enclosed like in a car. You're enclosed. Yeah, right. So, um, okay, that's great. So we've got we've covered those three major chemicals um, that I think people need to know about for sure. Um, uh, so, you've given us some tips about some things that we can do to lower the toxic load. Um, can you give us some more tips? Um, let's see. Um. On personal care products or more in general or, or what? Sure. Okay, I'm going to give you probably the, um, I'm going to give you a global concept. And the concept is this. The more, the first rule of environmental medicine is um, avoidance, meaning the more things you know to avoid and do avoid, you'll never have to detox that out of your body, never. Mm. And so the more knowledgeable you can get, the more aware you can get about what you really need to stay away from and you do the work, that is, is a huge step. Because what I do as an environmental medicine doctor is I'm doing a lot of detoxification on people because even though we avoid something, some people don't avoid anything, but I mean, just living on this earth, we accumulate so much, some of it from childhood, mm-hmm. that, um, you know, I've got to do a lot of detox with people. But if you're thinking along the lines of detox, you would not want to detox without figuring out what you need to avoid because it's like a leaky, a boat with a hole in the bottom where you're bailing out, that's your detox. <sighs> But you're, you haven't stopped the exposure, so you're never going to be done, and you're not going to feel better because you have to plug the hole first right? and then work on. So detox is kind of getting sexy these days. Yeah, there's so many different ways to do that. 
And that, I know. And it's like, you know, buyer beware because the three-day detox isn't going to do anything for you. The juices that are out there are full of sugar. And guess what? The number one thing that shuts down your body's detox system is sugar. So you want to, if you're going to, if you're really going to explore a detoxification program, I suggest you go to a doctor that is trained in environmental medicine and can do the the proper, um, you know, questions and exposure history and testing to figure out what your problem really is and to put you on a medically designed detoxification plan. It's so important. I've seen people harmed by doing detoxification the wrong way. Yeah, I have to, and it, it makes me kind of go like, uh, I've actually had like some horrible side effects from detox, and I just... Uh, yeah. So, so are they tailored specifically to the individual? Is that yeah. So yeah. all of the so the doctors that I train and myself is every everybody is so individual because it depends on so many different things. It can depend on your genetic ability to detoxify, which is different by twenty to forty fold from person to person. Not twenty percent, twenty to forty fold. Wow. So you have to, that's part of the problem with um, people who get cancer or autoimmune disease or chronic fatigue. From a genetic standpoint, they may be very poor detoxifiers. Mm -hmm. And so something that is good to know, too, because you have to work. Everyone is biochemically and genetically and epigenetically different, and you have to really cater to their physiology in order to get a safe, and successful detoxification outcomes. Okay. I, I very important. Okay, great. Um, now, how would listeners know if toxins are the problem that okay. are causing their health problems? Yeah, so that's such a good question. And um, I'm going to, I would say the answer is are you tired? Mm-hmm. Do you sleep poorly? Do you have brain fog? Is your energy low? Do your joints ache? Do your muscles ache? Do you have autoimmune disease? Do you have weight that you simply can't lose? Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have infertility? Oh, yeah, that's a big, big connection there. Yeah, infertility. I've detoxed people, and they've gotten pregnant. Oh, that's great. um, So those are kind of like the the big things. Asthma and allergies um, are tied into uh, having a toxic load as well. And cancer, of course. But, um, you know, nowadays, everyone, I just find it's like everyone is toxic. It's just a matter of is it causing you symptoms right now or not. Yeah, okay. If you you eat, breathe, and drink, then you're toxic because you're living in this environment. Yeah. But if you have really strong, here's the thing, though, that's important to know. If you have really strong genetics and you're super good at detoxifying, I mean, you may not um, develop any illness, even though, yes, you have toxins in you, and so there's really, you wouldn't want to seek out a detox because you don't, you don't need it, you know what I'm saying? Right, right, oh, that makes sense, yeah, so. Yeah, so you don't want to, like, rile things up if if there's nothing going on, but, Mm -hmm. you know, most people... Um, who come to see me, they're not those people. They're the, pe- the people who come see me are the ones having problems. Right, right. Yeah, okay. Well, you've given so much wonderful information. I'm so excited uh, to be able to share this with people. Um, 
So thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate you're it. You're welcome. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to share what, what I know and you know provide some resources for people. It's important that we share our, our knowledge with, with each other and mm-hmm. help um, each other do the right thing so that we're, we're more protected. We're protecting our health and the health of our families. Absolutely agree. So if you could give your... Uh, website one more time and you do have a free beauty foods guide on there right i do i do great okay so it's um dr ann marie fine.com and it's d-r-a-n-n-e-m-a-r-i-e-f-i-n-e.com okay great yeah um and you can also be found on facebook so i am on Dr. Amory Fine. Yeah, I yeah. am fine. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's actually the name of my line, and um, yeah, that's and you know, there's actually three meanings there. It's it's my name, Anne Marie Fine. So I really am fine because that's my name. Yes. <laughs> but, it's also, but it's also an affirmation because it's on my product. So every time you take out a product, you're like, I am fine. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, I am. And that's just invoking the great I am spirit. Yes, exactly. So all so important. So thank you so much for being on the show. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you, listeners, so much for listening to the show. And please share it with as many people as you think may benefit from our conversation, which I think is everyone you know, especially with the cancer rates being as high as they are today, 53% for men and 48% for women. That's half of everyone you know. Yeah. Um, and more. So, and it's rising. So, and this is a big reason why that you know we've been talking about today with Dr. Anne Marie Fine. Um, so, and again, thanks for listening. And I I know that this information will help you get well now. This is Dr. Meg Hayworth. For more information, go to meghayworth.com to sign up for our email list. Get your free copy of five anti-inflammatory on-the-go lunch recipes and access to our private Facebook community. Thank you so much for listening.